The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. The one-two pitch, ball line to Yout, it's short, he throws, it's over! The Brewers have won the American League pennant! Milwaukee, you have a World Series! Hit in the air... Yount makes a great catch, and Juan Diemus has thrown the first no-hitter in Milwaukee Brewer history. Swings, and here it is! A base hit in the right center. He's done it. 3,000 for Robin. And there's a drive in the left field. This is hit well, and it's gone! Morgan a smash up the middle, base hit the center. Here comes Gomez around third. A throw and the Brewers win. The Brewers are moving on on a base hit by Nigel Morgan. Here it is. Yelich sends one to right center and deep. Get up, get up, get out of here and go for Yelich. You're cruising for a bruising with me, Andrew Stafford. I'm me, Adam McGee. As we talk all things Milwaukee Brewers for the Eurostep, Eurostep, better yet, podcast network and Blue Wire podcast. First time I've messed up that in a while. Um, Adam, sit and sit and talk with me for a moment. One of my favorite things that I just, you know, love to do with either friends and family, maybe uh, a romantic partner or a romantic love interest, whatever it may be. And I think this is true for a lot of people is go out to a nice meal fancy restaurant doesn't have to be a fancy restaurant it can be just an okay restaurant but break bread together and just uh enjoy one another's company over a plate of food food is a great connector uh food is what binds us together and then we share common interests and commonalities as the meal goes on and we become even tighter friends um this Milwaukee Brewers Colorado Rockies series was like if you went out to a nice dinner with the friends or family or the aforementioned uh, romantic interest and you had a pretty good appetizer appetizers and cocktails were were great you, you were enjoying yourself and then as the waiter was coming and asking if you wanted a second cocktail they full sneeze into your open mouth and you wonder, like, that's, okay, that wasn't their fault. It's just a misunderstanding. We've still got 
a meal to go. We've still got the main course to go. This can still be salvaged. Main course, beautiful chicken parm with uh, a nice plate of pasta and red sauce right there in front of you. Well, the waiter comes back and he full on vomits all over the meal that you ordered. That is what this Milwaukee Brewers Colorado Rockies series was like. It was like an open mouth sneeze and a vomit on your chicken farm. Uh, Adam, uh, welcome to the podcast. How you doing? Uh, that's a good question. After that, I mean, the, the first thing that I want to tackle is you applied like multiple romantic partners. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, anything, any clarifications you want to make? Just, just no, for the not record. for me. It was, it was like the royal you, anyone listening. Like, right. Okay. It, it, it encompasses everybody. It's with friends and family. It's, you know, or it's with one or multiple partner, partners. It doesn't matter. In this dream <laughs> meal scenario, all that matters is that the Milwaukee Brewers showed up and ruined it. Yeah, well, for... I mean, you may already be able to sense from from Andrew's audio a little bit different. Andrew's calling in from the road, and the Brewers are really making him go through it away from home. It, it's not what you wanted, right? You hope they'd bring the good times back. Maybe we could find some of that hope we've been looking for for I don't know a couple of months now. But I I've watched live today, which is not something their schedule has given me a whole lot of opportunities to do recently. Uh, it was not fun. <laughs> plain and simple it was not fun and even some of the games that it seems like oh that would have been fun for a while they turn out not to be fun this is a series where when they pull it out in game one not to spoil things we're gonna work our way through it but you're like hey maybe the good vibes are back again maybe maybe this is gonna be a turning point a lot of times recently where, as a Brewers fan, you got to kind of tell yourself, maybe this is going to be the turning point. And then they just kind of get stuck in the mud and spin their wheels. And this thing is going nowhere. Like, again, like we've said for many episodes at this point, the only reason that we're not, like, calling time at that on this is the teams around them, the teams they are competing with, the Phillies, the Padres... Even that, though, is a three-and-a-half game gap now. And imagine this team bridging that gap, no matter how much either of those two collapse. It's tough. It's really, really tough. So we're very, very close. We're certainly looking for a pulse. Yeah, and and I'm not sure if there is one right now. They... It's getting to the point where you need to see like a winning streak, unlike anything that has happened this year. And you and I were talking uh, last week off air. I was talking about another one of my teams that's really just disappointing me this year. Uh, Liverpool Football Club. I was arguing with a friend. He was like, well, if this happens and this happens and this happens and, you know, City drop a few points and Arsenal come back to earth, then they, they could be in the, the race. And I said, you're hoping and you're wishing and you're projecting things you haven't seen this year onto a mythical future. And that's the point we've gotten to with the Brewers, because looking at the standings, say the Phillies lose tonight, the Padres lose tonight. This is all coming before the, their games today. So you, you know more than we do going into this. 
and maybe it's a three-game deficit, short, but you just keep coming up against these opportunities to gain ground on these other two teams. Uh, the magic that is Snake Timber helped uh, uh, <laughs> earlier in the week. That is, I think I coined this off-air uh, after, uh, you know, Adam's talking about the Diamondbacks renaissance. We're calling that Snake Timber now. Didn't last last night. We'll see what happens tonight. You in the future know what happened. What, but what's you, what's you, more real, Andrew? Snake Timber or Craig Timber? This is the question. Right now, it's Snake Timber. Um, and if if I'm, mm, I don't, I'm not thinking that they'll get to Andrew eat a hat territory, but they might be within <laughs> might be uh, range. Of, it might get within range of the Brewers to where if I had made a Brewer specific bet, we were going to be looking at something very interesting for me. But yeah, it's just they have to have proved that they're capable of going on a run with the team currently constructed and the way they're currently playing. And it just doesn't look like that's going to be the case. They've got a double header tomorrow against the giants. That's now a must sweep. Uh, if you want to have any kind of positive momentum or thoughts going into what the weekend holds. And we've talked about it relentlessly up oh, schedule setting up well after they got past that stretch with the Dodgers if you lose to the teams that are below you in the standings none of that matters and uh I said last week that um none of, none of this matters and that's true We're, we care and root for this team and we want good things for them but at the end of the day if this year just isn't the year we turn the page and move on but it is a little disappointing going into the season I think there are a lot of expectations obviously disappointing playoff uh flame out last year against the would-be World Series champions, but in the regular season, they were a force to be reckoned with, and they just aren't anymore for a lot of reasons that um, boiled down to just the nature of baseball and a lot of reasons that are boiled down to poor team building, poor execution, and just the regression of some players that maybe the team didn't see coming. But yeah, we was... should talk about these series because we have a lot to do today, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's very true. Uh yeah, sorry for cutting across you there. Uh, okay. But, you know, late Labor Day baseball, things that started off on the right foot. Uh, Adrian Hauser on the mound. Well, they didn't get started off on the right foot. They would end in a good spot. Adrian Hauser on the mound uh, after a tough first start against the Dodgers, then relegated to bullpen duty. Now he's back on the mound in Coors Field. Not an, another situation where you're like, yeah, that's, that's not what you want. Although he is a ground ball pitcher, so that, that uh, left a little room for optimism. Didn't start out great. A Charlie Blackman single in the first uh, scores Ryan McMahon and Brendan uh, Rogers to make it 2-0 Rockies. A Garrett Hampson sack fly scores C.J. Cron. It's 3-0 Rockies after the first inning. Hauser would settle down from there, to his credit. Uh, five innings pitched, two hits, three runs. W only one of them was earned. Two walks, two strikeouts. Didn't allow a homer in Coors Field, which is always nice. In the fourth, the Brewers would start to claw back and Andrew McCutcheon's single scored Rowdy Telez. Uh, Andrew McCutcheon would advance to second. Jace Peterson would follow that with a double to score McCutcheon. And uh, that would lead things to be three to two Rockies after the fourth inning. And the sixth, that man, Jace Peterson, again, sacrificed fly to left to score Rowdy Telez. And then Victor Caratini follows up with a three-run homer to make it six to three Brewers. CJ Cron would get one back in the eighth to make it six, four uh, off of Trevor Rogers, I believe is who that homer was hit off of. Devin Williams comes on, throws an inning and a third of scoreless baseball to close down the win. Uh, Hauser gutted through a tough first inning. Most of the, the bullpen around him limited 
uh, additional damage. Brad Foxberger throws a scoreless inning. Matt Bush throws a scoreless inning. Uh, tough, uh, tough two thirds of an inning from Taylor Rogers, and we'll talk more about him later. And then uh, Devin Williams. You did. Down you the did save. call him Trevor before those. Oh, oh, did I? Oh, yeah. t- Taylor. Sorry. Sorry, there's, there's just so many Rogerses around, and I'm known to have a verbal typo. Sometimes I'll be looking at runners in scoring position, and for example, in this game, the Brewers were four out of twelve, which you know, hey, we'll take. Uh, but it's very possible I could have read, read it twelve out of four because my eyes and my mouth do not connect in ways that are that are helpful. But I had a lot of optimism after this game, especially with the way it started. I thought, is could this be what turns the corner? And boy, was I wrong, Adam. Any thoughts on on game one? Yeah, I want to shout out my guy, Big Rowdy's just momentous base running in this game. Uh, But (laughs) what are they getting from second home, which was, you know, we've seen some somewhat ambitious sends from Jason Lane recently. This one was... Not quite as bad as others, but it's always a risk when you're you're getting rowdy to just keep on motoring. Big guy got it done. Um and also he he tagged up for another run. So just good base running from Rowdy, which not generally something we end up talking a whole lot about. Uh good to see them come true this one. <laughs> Taylor Rogers, we finally gave him his flowers on the last episode. We talked about, oh, look at this. He's on a great run. How many games is it now? How many outings um, without allowing a run? And he made up for it in this series. He just said, hey, let's take this back. You've got Hater at home is essentially the Taylor Rogers experience in this series. Nice to get the win. I wish that we could have recorded just the segment on this game after it had happened without knowing the horrors that were yet to unfold because yeah, there's good feeling about how the game is going. And then even when it threatens all go wrong, some tidy work, particularly from Devin to, uh, to lock it up and get the win. And moving on to the second game of this series. Now, Adam, as you mentioned, I'm on the road. I'm in a, a city with famously lots to do. And instead last night I stayed in my hotel room, uh, watching Lord of the Rings, the television series, and uh, the Milwaukee Brewers versus the Colorado Rockies. And it seemed like a great decision at the start. Um, Christian Yelich opens the game up with a towering home run, 499 feet. I think I saw on Twitter that it was the second furthest home run in Coors Field history. Uh, don't fact check me on that. I don't care. Um, I also believe it's the, the biggest home run in Major League Baseball this season. Christian Yelich did that, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Hunter Renfro also in the inning with Willie Adamas on after a walk. Homers to center field to make it 3-0. In the third, the um, Rockies would answer. I forgot to mention that Brandon Woodruff was on the mound for this start against Chad Cool, who I think it's really cool uh, uh, when he gives up home runs. Uh, In the third inning, though, the Rockies would answer back. Ella Rios Montero. Hits a solo homer to make it 3-1, but then the Brewers just kept on scoring in the fourth, and Omar Narvaez doubled to deep right field would score Jace Peterson and Keston Kira to make it 5-1. That ball nearly got out of the ballpark, and oh boy, do I wish it did. Uh, Willie Adamas would then double in the seventh inning to make it 6-1 Brewers. So Brandon Woodruff exits the game 
seven innings pitch, two hits, one run. Uh, it was earned, two walks, what? five strikeouts. And he has around? a six one lead. He has what a six one run? lead. What Game's could go over, wrong? right? Yeah. The there's certainly anybody there, certainly nobody is gonna come in on the rocky side of the thing. It's looking for revenge. Um no one on the brewer side of things is gonna come in leaving you wishing that someone else was in fact on the roster to pitch. What could go wrong, Andrew? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. As it turns out, as it turns out, Adam, a lot could go wrong. Another guy who we were shouting out last episode who had really been pitching well in his return and his numbers for the season look great. And it's just so upsetting. Woodruff's removed with only 91 pitches. There's a lot of debate about whether he should have been removed or not. I will get to that in a moment. Luis Perdomo comes on, uh, and then the runs start to score uh, with a runner on second. Alan Trejo singles to score Montero. Jonathan Daza homers with two on uh, to make it six to five Brewers at that point. And then after that point, without recording and out, Luis Perdomo exit this game. Peter Strzelecki comes on, allows a homer to Randall Gritchick. It's 6-6 after five runs in the eighth inning off of Luis Perdomo and Peter Strzelecki. Just an absolute gut punch. I know it's course field, but you expect your relievers to be able to bridge two innings together with a five-run lead. There's been a lot of conversation about 
council's decision making on removing Woodruff. And here's the thing: like the the only reason I would have opted for leaving him in is because you got a doubleheader on Thursday, and every bullpen arm you can save at this point is something you should be thinking about. We've we've criticized council for leaving in Woodruff and inning too long this season. I think it's a defensible decision to go to your bullpen there because you have to expect it. You have to expect them to be able to not give up five runs. Would I have kept Woodruff in to start the eighth? Maybe, probably. But I don't think it's an indefensible decision, especially the way that Perdomo and Streslecki had been pitching. I think it's just one of those unfortunate things where guys came into a baseball game and didn't execute. I'll, I'll criticize managerial decisions all day long if I think that is just like a reprehensible decision that cost you a game because it was the decision itself rather than putting your faith in players and then failing to come up. I mean, a guy not recording an out, like maybe you remove him sooner, uh, but but obviously the big blow was the three-run homer, so I don't know what you do about that. Peter like he's been really good late, lately. He's been counted on as the high-leverage arm and – Really, you know, he gave an inning in two thirds, and the the solo homer was really the the only big damage he gave up. He did um, eventually get out of uh, the eighth, and then record two outs in the ninth. But just an absolute gut punch, and the what would lead to the worst loss of the season. Do you have any thoughts on that, or did? I think you're. I think you're muted. <laughs> I am muted. You're right. Uh, I don't have any issue with taking Woodruff out at that point. He's given you seven really strong innings at a ballpark where that is very far from a given. And at 91 pitches, it's not like his count was super low. Like if you leave him in there, you're risking him getting shelled which after a tough outing last time for him as well, I don't think you want that. And you very happily take that seven excellent innings, Brandon. Yep. You've, won, you've won us the game and we know that we'll be able to close it out from here. What, what can you do when that turns out to not be the case? Not a whole lot. Like, yeah. that's just... You got to trust your guys to do it. You expect them to do it and to collapse in this particular nature and over the space of three innings. And when you get the extra innings, giving up nine runs, it's, it's not about the decision to pull Brandon Woodruff um, after 91 pitches. It's just, it's not. Yeah. So yep. we're on the same page. You got to, you got to wear it. If you're Luis Perdomo, if you're Peter Strzelecki and ultimately if you're Tyler Rogers, um, it's those guys let you down. They didn't produce what you needed from them. Um, Hobie was the only reliever to come true with uh, his dignity intact uh, with a strikeout for the one out that he was asked of. You know, if Hobie had just been given a full inning, maybe this is a different story. But yeah, that's really tough. And to get to the thing that I was alluding to earlier, for anyone who doesn't know, the Nelson Lamette old friend. <laughs> the Nelson Lamette of all of the famed deadline dealings. What does he do? He gives the Rockies an inning and a third, three strikeouts, just one hit, one walk allowed, scoreless, um, right at the time that the game was turning against the Brewers. So 
like in all seriousness yeah that hurts but uh i tip my cap to the nelson lamette who seems to have been doing some good work there have been some ups and downs i believe more recently but uh he certainly didn't save any of those downs for the milwaukee brewers which i'm sure was very much driven by some real intent and desire on his part. He did allow an unearned run because nobody is immune to Garrett Mitchell's speed. Um, but, you know, he can, he can, uh, it, that can be understood. Dazzled, lost in his eyes is what happened there. Exactly. Let him still second Willie Adamas double. Happens you to can, the best of you us. You could spot him on the move, but you're going to be frozen just once you catch it. Look at those eyes. So exactly. Do a whole lot uh, about it. So, like you said, uh, Hobie Milner in the ninth inning um, with uh, having Strzelecki removed for the game after allowing an Alan Trejo single strikes out Ryan McMahon to send things to extra innings. I don't know how many extra innings games is like the record for this season but it feels like the brewers have to be pretty close because it seems like it's happening once a week uh this one started out great with uh christian yelich on second as the ghost runner willie adamas first pitch double to deep left center to score him then rowdy Tuez ground ball up the middle gets adamas to third and then the the famous running on contact uh play comes back to bite the brewers renfro grounds out to third they uh, get Willie Adamas in a rundown and tag him out at third. Renfro gets to second. A hard hit Luis Arias line drive to center ends the inning. 7-6 Brewers after the top of the 10th. And right away it would not be enough. Taylor Rogers comes in. Uh, Jonathan Daza doubles to left, scores Ryan McMahon, the ghost runner. Uh, C.J. Kronz intentionally walked. Charlie Blackman grounds out to second base, um, which would put runners on first and third with one out in a 7-7 game. And then Randall Grichich uh, leaves nothing to the imagination. Deep homer to left field. Rockies win 10-7. Another tough outing for Taylor Rogers. And uh, after he had been so good for that stretch and just the worst loss of the season in terms of emotional gut punch and probably process as well. Not not the, the decisions were made wrong, just like the way it all plays out when you have a lead of 6-1 in the eighth inning. Just absolutely brutal. I assume nobody is listening to this, but and they, they just skipped over this section, and I wouldn't blame them. I think we got some massacres out there. Our listenership has, uh, has arguably been growing through these downtime centers, so I don't know if you're right on that. Listen, we, appreci- we uh, appreciate all that you're doing for for joining us in this because this is the bad times are going to make the 2023 world series feel so much better. Uh, he says to himself, not believing <laughs> anything he just said another day game to wrap up the series, Adam, there was more baseball after this game. They didn't cancel the rest of the series. And how lucky are we that that, that was the reality we would get to live in. Uh, and this one right from the get go, uh, would tell us it was going to be something that we weren't going to enjoy. Eric Lauer versus Kyle Freeland, a matchup of lefties, and it would go much better for one lefty than the other. Uh, in the top of the or bottom of the second inning, excuse me, Michael Toglia doubles to deep right field to score Brendan Rogers uh, after a misplay by Renfro in right field. Toglia would end up on third base. A Jonathan Diaz single to center would score Toglia. 
to make it two nothing Rockies in the second, and then Alan Trejo would add to that with a homer to left to score. Diaz making it four nothing Rockies after two. Uh, Toglia again in the third homers with Jonathan Daza and Brendan Rogers on makes it seven nothing Rockies in the third eight or Eric Lauer excuse me would only go to and two thirds innings six hits seven uh, runs all of them earned one walk four strikeouts two home runs given and to He's give the Eric, give the Eric Lauer update just on that before we go further uh, yeah Eric Lauer is good oh you're giving it sorry <laughs> go ahead <laughs> uh, does that look great certainly doesn't sound great he will be further assessed on friday thursday i should say for remember which day of the week is which shout out to ron Cuddy. um further assessed on thursday he described his arm and elbow as being like jelly when he was taken out of the game doesn't seem ideal he had been holding his hamstring at a point before that I don't know if some of that is just what happens when you're getting torn limb from limb like he was early in the game. Um, but Council was pretty honest about it too, which is like, look, if he even misses one start at this point in the season, that's a pretty big deal. It's a problem for us. I mean, the reality is we're talking about not calling time at that. If Eric Lauer is going to be out for any meaningful period of time and going to miss multiple starts, that might be time at that because the Brewers just don't have what it takes to rally through that. Um, so that's concerning. That's honestly, like, this is just an ugly loss where they're not really in it. But by tomorrow, it could be a case that we're saying, well, the thing that actually really matters from this game, the team that's going to determine the rest of the season is that whatever, the tree, lower starts left, more for how many games we got left um they're not there now and how that affects the rotation the shape of it overall that could be a that could be a problem so that is something that uh all Brewers fans are going to be keeping a close eye on but i i would say is a little concerning at this point i'll say uh at every occasion i'll be ready for the funeral adam uh band of horses Great song. Uh, Luis Perdomo would relieve Eric Lauer and fire two and a third innings of scoreless baseball. Uh, only 22 pitches. I really thought we were getting the Trevor Kelly, which is when you've gotten shelled a few outings before or an outing before, and then they just run you into the ground in a blowout until it's time to go back to Nashville. But uh, did not abuse his arm there, and he, albeit in a meaningless moment, did provide some Good innings of relief. Um, the Brewers would score in the fifth to make it 7-1 on a Victor Caratini RBI ground out to the shortstop. In the seventh against Brent Suter, the uh, Rockies would add another run to make it 8-1. C.J. Cron RBI ground out to score Jonathan Daza. Uh, some late runs for the Brewers in the eighth that Christian Yelich double scored Tyrone Taylor. Andrew McCutcheon added a solo homer in the ninth to make it 8-3. Luis Arias added a solo homer in the ninth to make it 8-4. So a lot prettier on the scoreboard than it actually felt. But the Brewers start the series off with a win, have a 6-1 lead in the second game of this series, and end up losing two out of three to the Rockies. Find themselves at time of recording three and a half back from the Phillies and the Padres, which, as we know, because of the tiebreaker situation, is really like being a game plus that. And uh, 
we'll see how that all shakes out with uh, the results there. You know, we don't, will they be four back or three back? It'll be one of the two, unless some rain plays into things. And uh, like you said, just slowly approaching the the drain, circling the drain on the 2022 season in need of not just series wins in need of winning streaks and how that's happening at this point is, is very tough to imagine. Yeah, uh, it really is. Um, I will say it was, it was rude of the Brewers to tease us in the way they did to come up with those few single shots late in this game, just to make everyone be like for a moment, for a brief moment, be like, Hey, well, we saw last night that this is possible. Maybe this time the Brewers can be on the right side of the late, just, you know, dramatic turnaround in this weird arena where the ball just takes off. Nope. Nope. This is another uh, ugly loss. And I, I guess, particularly when you look at the points where it threw like six innings in game two, how things are poised. At that point, you're saying sweep. You're like, this can be a sweep. Then you, if you'll have a chance, double header. If you get a sweep there, you've picked up five wins in a hurry, and the whole season could turn around. the The picture could look dramatically different. To lose this series from that position over halfway through the series is just brutal, and it simply cannot be afforded at this point in the campaign. It's as simple as that. And we've talked about it a lot recently. It's like the team was built for pitching. Pitching is not delivering and the offense is generally not being good. And even when you get to a place uh, like Coors Field, where your offense gets a, a boost from the environment, pitching isn't doing enough. You're, you're getting, you're getting found out. You're coming at the wrong side of these things. At that point, I don't know what more you can do. It's just, you're letting it get away from you. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's not what you want. <laughs> it's not what you want, Adam. Uh, we did give out beers because, you know, that's what we do. And a few guys deserve them. Brandon Woodruff. Woody did his part. And uh, it was all for naught. Seven innings pitch, two hits. The earned run, two walks, five strikeouts. And then Victor Caratini, two for seven uh, with that three-run homer in the first game that really sent the Brewers on to victory. Four overall RBI and a run scored. Leaderboard through 136 games. One, one suggestion, one other person that we forgot that maybe should be added, Devin Williams. One in the third innings, only one strikeout, but, I mean, he comes up with a save, no runs allowed. Single sure. outing, not enough. It's not his. It's not. Oh, well, it, it's not his fault. <laughs> it's, it's, like, no, it's not no, his no, fault no. though. He uh, like t- Taylor Rogers. Uh, it, it's kind of his fault. Devin Williams, not his fault. He he even saved us from one of the the Taylor Rogers uh, mishaps. We'll call it to be very kind. But I, I think Devin is possibly deserving. Uh, we talked about relievers being able to go more than just one, and uh, he did that. He did the the bridge save, and that's something that we were told could be uh, more likely without Hater. And Williams went out and did it, so I applaud. Andrew, for that. these are the options that were opened up for Craig Tembra. That's what everyone said. The flexibility is there. He could have a closer who goes more than one. 
Well, we're going to be at Craigtober before you know it. So uh, maybe start enacting some of these Craig Timber specials whenever the guys are feeling like it. Uh, leaderboard through 136 games. Rowdy Telez, 21. Christian Yelich with 16. Corbin Burns, 14. Willie Adamas, 13. Andrew McCutcheon with 11. Brandon Woodruff, Jace Peterson, Hunter Renfro with 10. Devin Williams now alone with 9. Uh, Tyrone Taylor, Colton Wong, Luisa Reyes with 8. Keston Hira and Josh Hader with seven. Freddie Peralta with six. Aaron Ashby, Hobie Milner with five. Victor Caratini, Jason Alexander with four. Brad Boxberger, Trevor Gott, Jonathan Davis with three. Brent Suter, Peter Strzelecki, Matt Bush, Omar Narvaez, Adrian Hauser with two. Garrett Mitchell, Taylor Rogers, Andrew Gustave, Luke Barker with one. Yeah, that's, uh, that's where we're at. That is where we're at. And, it doesn't stop um back home back home <laughs> that was, that was the most dispirited i think you've sounded all season was that and it doesn't stop that just was like that's like someone is torturing you and they they will not relent they're just going to keep going until they get what they need out of you Andrew. uh yep uh two against the giants doubleheader uh 310 central start for game one Corbin Burns versus Jacob Junis. Uh, game two, Freddie Peralta versus not listed currently in the ESPN schedule for the Giants. But unless I've missed something, I think they well, they currently have Carlos Rodon listed as a Friday starter against the Cubs. So maybe we maybe we'll miss Carlos Rodon. Uh, we'll, we can take all the help we can get. So hopefully that's the case. So two games against San Francisco tomorrow. Technology and mental health will decide whether that's a standalone episode on Friday morning or whether or not that no, gets it's folded gonna, into. It's gonna be. It's gonna happen. It'll all go well. I think, I think this is a terrible idea. <laughs> Can't promise it will go well for the Brewers, but it will all go well for us, and we will record an episode on Friday, uh, recapping that series too. And you know. What could what could make this better? You mentioned Trevor Kelly and some of his we're gonna get some Trevor Kelly. It's gonna it's gonna get even better. Uh, Justin Topa, I do believe, is also likely to be in the mix. They were with the Brewers today in advance of the doubleheader. So yeah, we'll see how that plays out. Um well, maybe maybe something good will happen sometime. Yeah. Can't always be like this, Andrew. Things to watch. Will Corbin Burns uh, give up five runs again return to form after some bad outings what does freddie peralta's velocity look like we got a lot to watch tomorrow yeah i actually hadn't thought about that from the freddie side of things for a while and i'm now really not looking forward to that tomorrow because that has been something that has not been a comfortable conversation for a while and if by the time we're looking at freddie with his velocity way down again we already find out that Eric Lauer is going to miss some time. It's just like, how much can, how much can one fan base take this season? Um, what's left? What's left to take from Brewers fans? So let's hope for good news on all fronts. And yeah, our aim is that just as we've done all season long for every other series, we'll, we'll make it work and hopefully we'll have a pod for you on Friday morning. All right. That does it for this episode. Slightly brisker than usual. Maybe a little bit more unhinged. Are we both really feeling it at this point in the season? Yeah, we are. We are. We hoped for a lot more. But that's all the Brewers have left us with is hope, dreams, and they're all shattered around us. 
if you like what you hear and maybe you're eager at the prospect of you could do it again next year when things could be better for the Brewers too. Make sure you subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast. Cruiser for a Bruising. And we have all of your, your breakdowns, game to game. Talk about all of your, your big Brewers talking points. And we'll have plenty of pods throughout the offseason too. So Cruiser for a Bruising. That's where you'll get every episode we do. We're on Twitter at BrewersJSPN. I'm at Adam E11. And you're at AC Snide. As mentioned at the top, we are proudly a part of the Eurostep Podcast Network. There is another Wisconsin sports team that is just a couple days away from getting their season started. And I think the Brewers are doing a very good job at getting everyone super excited for Packers football. So we do have a new Green Bay Packers podcast hosted by our good friend, Numak. Talking to Tundra, that's where you'll hear all things Packers and Eurostep Podcast Network crew. While on the main Eurostep Podcast Network feed... Time Ron on the Eurostep, currently covering really all things Eurobasket. Myself and Jordan Tresky on Win at Six. We have something dropping on Friday that's a little bit out of the ordinary, and we're eager for you all to hear. So make sure you're you're subscribed over there for all things Milwaukee Books. And lastly, if you want more from Andrew and I, or if you're like, you know what, I'd like to hear those guys talk about something that isn't the Milwaukee Brewers at this moment in time. We've got that for you. Episode coming up on the Make Time for This feed, our GSPN Pop Culture and Other Things show. We are talking about House of the Dragon and the first two episodes of the new Lord of the Rings show. That's everything. Until next time, thanks again to all of you for listening. Thank you, Andrew. It's all going to be okay. Okay.